Give the hand clap one more time for our amazing leaders. I want to welcome you this morning to Generation Sunday, and we're also kicking off a new series called Diversity. And before I even get going, I'm going to have this young lady open us up in prayer, because uh, she's a powerful prayer warrior, and she's going to set the tone for what God wants to say this morning. You ready? God, thank you for everything. Thank you for a church, our staff, for we could learn more about you. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. Thank you for our families, for we could have someone to hang out with. Thank you for our restaurants. Thank you for everything that you've done. Amen. Amen. Wow. I hope you're down this time. That's amazing or what? And this is by design. What we're doing today is called diversity. And then we call it Generation, Generation Sunday. And uh, you see some of us wearing shirts. And some of you guys purchase a shirt. You can pick them up after service. But also, this is uh, Generations is a campaign that we're going to start in October for the next five years about how we can touch the gener- next generation, bring them up, convert this building, touch turn this building around, turn our community around. So it's a major push that we want to do. But we want to make sure that those kiddos that are in the nursery will be leading this church in the next 20 years. Amen? So some of the things you're seeing today and what we're talking about. But we are starting off a short, a short series called Blueprint, and we're going to talk, um, we're going to go through with Grace Point, three of our core values. How we do ministry. We know when you come in the door, you'll say, this place looks different. Just look around. No one looks the same. And we used to have devotion used to be the first one but we decide, let's go and hit the front door first, because when you come in, that's one of the things you say, wow, different ages, different colors, different socioeconomic people. Where did it all come from? Who's doing this? Christ himself. And this is how we bleed out our core values, these three, how we look at ministry. Everything we prepare here and plan in our, in our, in our um, planning meetings has to touch those three, our three values, which is diversity, devotion, and discipleship. If they do not connect with that, we throw it out because we need to make sure that we can stand true to the form of the way God had called us to, uh, to Abilene, Texas, to do a unique ministry. So we're, today we're going to talk about diversity and what we have in common because we have so much in common as a people of God, not about our, our skin color, not about our age, it's not about social economic status, it's about Jesus And we have so much in common. Now, I'm going to go through a book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And before I go there, I'm just going to set it up for you about, if you know about the Ephesus church that Paul was uh, speaking to and sent a letter. He was in prison when he wrote this letter. He wrote Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. And, and, yeah. And um, what was amazing is a young guy named Timothy was, was a pastor of this church. Now, this church, has anybody ever been to Las Vegas? How many say the uniqueness of Las Vegas? You ever, do you ever ask anybody, are you from Las Vegas? They'll say, no, I just came here. No, I don't, I'm not here. Well, this is Ephesus. This was a major shipping point. And when we see that the church was birthed there, and Timothy was a pastor. And Timothy uh, had a tough work, because you'll see when Paul talks about in 1 Timothy, uh, drink some wine so your stomach will not get upset. They drove him crazy. He was timid, but they, um, he was an amazing leader. And when you look at this, this, this place was so diverse, 
And you had Jews and you had non-Jews, which is us Gentiles, coming together. And he spends the first three chapters talking about theological context, about who Christ is, who we are in Christ, where our position is in Christ. Then he goes in chapter 3, he talks about the church and the mystery of the church and how God wants the church to touch the world. And he talks about the manifold wisdom of God, which is the multicolored. He wants them, everyone to know around the world, in heaven and earth, that his church is multicolored, multigenerational, multicultural. That's what he's talking about, and that's when you hear about the church. If you go to book of and book of Acts, chapter thirteen, you'll see chapter eleven. You'll see exactly when they start calling the believers the church when everyone was involved in it. And diver- how many know ver- diversity is hard? Because no one thinks like you, no one talks like you, no one looks like you. Amen. So we're going to talk about how easy it is because we have so much in common. We're going to start in verse um, 1, chapter 4, 1 through 6. It says, Therefore, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you will call the one hope, the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who's over all, through all, and in all. And we look at here, again, Paul spent the first three chapters giving you a theological background. Now, four through six, chapters four through six, he gives you the practical how to live it out. How we are to live it out. How the body of Christ is supposed to live this thing out on a day-to-day basis. And first thing I want to show you, when he talks about in the scripture, the first thing you know, we can, be, we can walk in unity and in diversity because we have a God who's unified and he's diverse. Your Bible student just always trips everyone up. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. One God, three people. Now, God the Father, we love to feel fathered. God the Son, we love Jesus. Who gets the bad rap? It's God the Holy Spirit. He's a person. Gets a bad rap. We're afraid of him, but he's the one that holds it all together. How many know you came more than a fancy concert this morning? If this was a concert, you say, that was great. You pay your ticket, you won't come back. Getting used to that band, I'm done with that band. No, the Holy Spirit holds us here, has us come back every single week. And He creates something in our hearts that we're able to do things together. We have so much in common. And what we're going to do, we're going to break that out as believers. I love we have our children in here today because we put pressure on the parents, especially the last song that we're going to close with today. Parents, you need to know how to jump. Because if you don't jump, your kids are going to dump Jesus when they get older. That's why we do this. I'm an empty nester, so I'm good. Just kidding. But the first one, if you're taking notes, he says, I want you, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, to walk worthy in a manner. He says, this is what the first point is. Live a life that reflects Christ. 
Walk in the wisdom and the weather of the, of the call that you've been called to. Remember, he talks about in the first three chapters, our salvation, more than that, talks about how we are his workmanship. Then he talks about how we are uh, seated with him in heavenly places. We have a new position. He said, I want you to walk like you're Christ. So when people see you, they see Christ. Walk like that. Walk worthy of who you are. That's our identity. Walk on who we are. Though we might struggle in this life, we're still victorious because we have a victorious Savior. So he said, walk, live a life that reflects Christ. That word walk means to live, to live. Now, it doesn't really matter how you walk. It's very important where you walk. What am I talking about? says in 1 John, if you walk in the light, you know God. If you walk in the darkness and claim you love your brother, you are a liar. Looking at where you walk. Now, we have a habit as Christians to hand out tracts. We have it in this church. When they have a bar across the street, some guys say, oh, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Let's give a bunch of people who are intoxicated these tracts and put them on their car in front of the church. And then what they do, they come out the bar. They say, here's tracks. Here, church, take your tracks back. And then we come out Sunday morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, we clean up all the tracks. And what God's calling us to do today as a society is let people look at our tracks. Let people see how we walk. We're being tested every day. How do we walk? Do you live a life that reflects Christ? And then he gives us some essentials to do it, some virtues to do it. He's not going to tell you how to do that when he breaks it out. And the first one is humility. Are you humble? And really means this. One guy wrote it this way. Humility means putting Christ first, others second, and self last. Loneliness of mind. I don't think so much of myself. I recognize who I am in Christ. I recognize that he is king of kings and lord of lords, and I'm just his servant. And I love that. I want everything that he gets credit for. I want to give him all the credit. As I say, give him all the credit. All the credit. Not that I'm good. Not that I'm good. You always hear me say this. I am totally blown away, me and Miss Donna, since we've been here, as being a man of young age, as I am. What you laughing for? Thank you. Thank you. Baby clapping because I'm young. And younger people come watch me scream, spit, and, and they, they come back. I'm totally amazed that folks from all places come here and stay. From a guy, when I remember in speech class, my first speech, I played sick so I wouldn't do it. I was telling my mother, please, I'm sick. I'm, I didn't even fake throwing up, so I wouldn't go. And then I got here and started training here, and I remember the first time I had to go do announcements. And I got up here and said, hey, um, just rejoice. And no one moved. And I said, I can't do this. And I walked off the stage, and the pastor took me in the back, and we had what we call a moment. <laughs> so I came up in a second. You better rejoice. God's awesome. It's amazing, right? Because I was trying to do it in me, not in the Holy Spirit. So I want us to live a life as Christ. First one is humility. Second one is 
Gentleness and meekness means mildness, a humble and gentle attitude. Guys, can I, can I help you with this one? As believers coming together, we need to be gentle with one another. We need to be mild with society. Please do not put society on a pedestal and you get angry with them and expecting them to live like Christians. Don't do that. Don't do that to our senators. Don't do that to anybody. There are men and women just like you. Some of them are born again and some of them aren't. But don't put, put Jesus on the pedestal. He'll never let you down. But those who, thank you, those who, who slip, we need to have grace for and being gentle. You want to correct, correct someone gently. Not just, how, oh, because I know the Bible. and it's, Don't do that. The world sees enough of that. We already have a bad rap of that. They want to see this. Because they don't think this can work. Remember, they always said 11 o'clock is the most segregated hour in the world. Well, not in Grace Point Church. And then seeing young people. When you have young people in the church, when you have a great children's church, you have youth and you have a great college, that means you have a vibrant church because you have someone who's going to take over when you leave. If everyone was my age, thank you. If everyone was my age, <laughs> we'll be having um, church growth, but it'll be negative. We'll be doing more funerals than we are doing marriages. And I receive right now, we got 20, we're 27 years old. I am not going to do more funerals than I'm going to do marriages. I'm going to do marriages. And I want to see the next generation, watch them grow and do great things for God. Because they're always going to be great, and I want to be the back that they can propel to. Not about me anymore. It's about those behind me. Next one is patience. Now, patience we know in the regular word means long suffering. That means you're long tempered. Takes you a long time to get upset. A long time to get upset. We live in a 15 minute town. You might catch one light. Please don't be like the person that was behind me this morning on the way to church. I'm like, I had to be long-tempered, but I got this. I have their license plate number. (laughs) I'm long-tempered. I'm like, there's no one over there. Anyway, and God said, the message, Rich, the message. Bearing. One another in love. Now, that word bearing, we like to make it so theological. You know what it means? Put up with. How much? Everyone's laughing. What's wrong with that? What can you put up with? Each other's faults. Listen to me. We are fallen people trying to serve a perfect God with the perfect gospel, with the perfect way of doing things in our fallen nature. We're going to mess up. We're not going to be, you can't hold us to that status when we're all trying to do this. Remember? Patience. And I know the world's built like this. Right now you can have it just this quick, but it takes a while. You want to be long-tempered. Remember, people are looking to you. Someone's always looking at you. Now the word love there, you write in your notes, is agape. The bond in Bearing one another in love. It's agape. Now, 
Let me tell you about agape. It's not a feeling. It's the act of the will. Aren't you glad that Jesus did not move on feelings when he came to die on the cross? That was not a good day to feel good. It was an act of the will to please his father. It's an act of the will. So I tell people who get married, I don't feel like I did 10 years. You're not going to feel nothing in 10 years. You should be better because you know each other more. But it's an act of a will. It's a covenant. There are going to days you feel like and days you don't. But that don't mean your feelings, they're, they're very strong, but they're very shallow. Surely they will pass. But the word of God and his will, his will that he gives us and the will he wants us to walk in will never, never fail. So the act of the will. Now, I want to, get this, I want to put this in here as a caveat. Um, I learned this the other day. We need to expect what we project. See, all those things I just gave you, humility, patience. If you're not a person that walks in that, don't expect it back to you. Okay? Whatever you're projecting, you'll have to expect to get back. You know, we always hear this line because we try to, life groups, well, I have no friends. I have no friends. And I have to gently say, you're not friendly. I can't make people like you. You have to build those relationships on your own. One thing, man, me and Ms. Donna, when we traveled around, I traveled the world. I used to meet a lot of different people. And one of the things I used to meet, two types of people in the city I used to go into. The city was one part of people saying, I can't stand this city. It's so sorry. I can't take it any longer. I just can't wait to get out. The other one is, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. We can do so much stuff. Everything's going around. Everything's so inexpensive. And the difference with those two people was the ones who actually um, projected, who wanted to be in the city, who got involved in the city. And the other one decided, I don't want nothing to do with the city. So they got exactly what they projected, nothing. See, in the world, in the life, no one's going to just jump at you. Some people will, but you got to be, um, let me give you old school, you got to be friendly again. Okay, the guy who I observed the very first time as a Christian when I was overseas in Europe, um, I didn't want what he was doing. Though he quoted the Bible left and right, but he wouldn't do his job. And every time I say, you, you got to do your job because we got, we got something to do. You, you, you're just persecuting me. You're, and his head will go like this, and, and he take out the Bible. And I'm like, is that what you, man, it's okay. Wow. Shoo. Is, it, is it that rough to walk with Jesus? I had to find that out. I mean, I was, whoa, is that what it looks like? Then I met some people. No, this is what it really is. We're laughing. Why? Because at the, every, at the, our worst day, we're saved. <laughs> I mean, that worst day, I'm going to be with Jesus. Oh, yeah. Great mindset. You know, and, and when you worship, don't do like this. It's okay. Jesus wants you to smile. He does. I love to have fun. I'm worth I'm a relator. Consistency, responsibility, positivity, and belief. I'm off the charts. I think we can do anything and everything. 
until someone says, you can't, I can. Don't you spoil my positivity, right? <laughs> I'm a mess. But expect what you project. Next one is make every effort to guard the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The word ego means to make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit. The bond. This is where I got enlightened because I have taught things wrong. We're supposed to diligently pursue the unity of the spirit, not the spirit of unity. The unity of the spirit, not the spirit of unity. I used to chase this, and I was frustrated because we're incapable of that. Let me give you, just give you an analogy of this. Basically, two people disagree on an issue. One right, one wrong, I don't know. So when they come to your office to, um, to protect and guard the unity before it gets out, I take them to the word. What does Jesus say? Well, humble yourself and submit to one another. Now, I, I want to be right. No, you're both right if you do that. What am I doing? I'm putting it. We need Jesus created unity. He already did it. The Spirit of God created this unity, the bond of peace. He created all that. All I'm called to do is maintain it, not try to create something. I'm main, and I did it wrong. He says, oh, we got to be in. No, I have to maintain what's already been created, perfectly created, which means every incident has a place for me to be discipled in a new way. I don't want to be right. I want to be holy. And most of the time, it's me. It's not them. It's me. And then when I look at the one who put us together, I have to go to him. What does he say? Repent. I thought you were on my side. Repent. But I thought you loved me. Repent. Because you're off. Because it shouldn't cause friction. The bond of peace is the glue. My spirit put the glue in. Please do not be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He does so much for us. Think about the music. We love that. I love the music. I love that song, Real Love. Holy Spirit, if you have no rhythm, he'll give you rhythm. If the song has no rhythm, you're going to find it. You know, I mean, really, right? I mean, I find it. I'm like, whoa. And my brother's like, yeah. What? Away from that Holy Spirit? I don't know that song. That song's crazy. They're all jumping up and down like they're crazy. He will do that because he knits our hearts together like never before. We have so much in common with him. He is our blood and our fluid to our togetherness. He's our glue, that bond of peace that he created. Like he said, he's the peacemaker, not the peacekeeper. He makes peace. Where two, he brought two together, the Jews and the Gentiles. He took those two and made them one new man. And guess what? I'm standing right in front of one new man, the Christian race, the human race, not the black race, not the white race, not the young race, not the socioeconomic race. One race. Jesus is our leader, and that is his church. As I work, the bond of peace. If you've been around here long enough, we talk about it's incredible. We belong to a thing, uh, a movement called Every Nation. Know how we're held together? By values. By values. What's important? 
What's, very, what's important? How's your life? What's important? Nothing else. They say, how do you, how you do that? Well, we have, we have to elevate Christ in all areas of our life. He has to be the center of everything we do. How are we doing? Because God's harmony, what surprises me, which really I'm fascinated by. I love uh, the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels. And I almost got on the Thunderbird team years ago. But I'm so fascinated the way how they fly so close. And they bring guys from all over the country, different airplanes, to fly this together. You ever see the Blue Angels? It's amazing. They like fingertip close and inches from one another. When I started doing the research on it, I found out they bring these guys all in. Now, they all have the great technique. They flew this plane. They all have a piece of the technique in this way and that way. But what they have to learn is to listen and hear and distinguish the leader's voice. What they call the boss, when he goes smoke, and he goes smoke and merge, the way his voice leads out, they have to go with the voice. And when it stops, like smoke and it stops, that's his voice. They have to be able to come together. They call him the boss through his voice. It's amazing. These guys are fantastic. They all, but they say, I have to, we, have, we won't become a team until we learn and hear and distinguish perfectly the leader's voice. Support me to the church. We're all together so we can hear the leader's voice. God's voice says, de, de, uh, tells me harmony is so important as part of my purpose. His voice. That's the most thing that matters is his voice. You ever realize that? His voice. And when we learn to hear his voice and we have that relationship with him in such a, a marvelous way and we're glued together to the voice, we'll be glued together to one another. That's peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. It's peace. Which takes me to the last one. We need to enjoy and experience the unity and diversity of God and the body of Christ. Enjoy and experience the unity and diversity of God. I'm still fascinated. Even my instructor, it was fascinating. My teacher, he said, I'm going to teach you about the Trinity, but don't. <laughs> it still blows my father. One God, three persons. Wow. How he works. How God is over us. And leads us. Jesus opened the door for us. And the Holy Spirit activated us. Wow. I remember going to my first time to one, one of those. It was a, multi-cult, a multicultural and generational church. I walked in. Remember, honey? I walked in there. And I'm, I'm like, okay. I can't clap like they do. But I tried. And then the preacher decides to get on the chair and yell at me. Like he told my secrets. So I said, I got to get out of here because I heard if I'm the last one in, I can get the first one out. So I said, I'm going to get out of here. So I go out. And next thing you know, the guy who I was in school with, um, 30 days prior, gave his life to Jesus. And he gave me a hug. I'm like, oh, gosh, no. I've got to get out of here. I can't, and I can't wait till Miss Donna asks me what I'm going to do. She said, honey, what are you going to do? And my mom went to go, I am never going back to that place. No, no, no. I'm going back tonight. Where'd that come from? The Holy Spirit set me up. 
sent me to a place no one looks like me. And the music, oh my gosh. But I started jamming. Integrity music. Right? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I am nuts. And I never look back. That's the richness of diversity. It's the richness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which helps us because he took me in and he saved me and changed my life. Everyone here, he's died for and ready to change their life. Don't ever look down on people and where they are. Love them like Jesus loved us. He says there's one body, one spirit, just as you are called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and the Father of all is over all. Look at this word body. That's the church, a body of Christ, diversity. Someone's an arm, someone's a leg, someone's an eye. That's the body, right? That's, that's his body. The Holy Spirit, he's the life and the breath of the church, the body. Without him, we have no body. We would be dead. The hope that we all look forward to, the future, we're looking forward to, the Lord, where we're going. I'll tell you, on my worst day, I'm going to be with the Lord all the days of my life. What a hope. Can't beat that hope. Last one, is, one, of, one of the other ones is, Lord, we all belong to Jesus. Think about it. What, is, what does Jesus look like? You and you and you and you. Wow. That's fascinating because they all look different. Yeah, it's endless. Wait till you go overseas. It's my creation. We all share that in common, Jesus. The faith we have, our confidence in God, the baptism, when he baptizes into Christ, he baptizes into a body. Now look at, well, you got the university body. He baptizes you into a home, a place where everyone is doing the same thing and going after the same person. And loving each other. And not looking down on one another. Jesus knew we were going to have this issue. When he had his parting words in John chapter 17. He started taking the diversity that he had. And he hoped that we would have the unity that he had. That we would have it. But it, it perfectly mirrors us. It says this in John 17 verses 21 and 23. That they may all be one. Just as you father are in me. And I in you, that they may also be in us. Talking about us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be, be one even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one. Remember I said we are imperfect people, but we have the perfect one living inside of us. That makes the perfect unity. I love that. So the world uh -oh, will know that you sent me and love them as much as you love, love them as even as you have loved me. When he's talking about the unity he has, there's such an attraction to the unity that we have as, as a believers in the church. It's amazing. It's the same glue that caught me. Because everything that was going on, I said, they are unified people. They love each other. And, they, man, we had so many nice barbecues. They can eat, boy. It's amazing. But I said, what is that? Them people are amazing. What happened? That's what he says. When someone comes here for the first time, they start to say, oh, the world says, I might believe that you guys are real. Then you come back a couple days later. I know now this has got to be God because how can you walk together? How can you walk together and not crush each other? 
Wow. And you're not upset with your kids? No, we love children. We love our teenagers. We love them all. What? Are you kidding me? You don't look the, don't look the same. Exactly right. And we love it. We enjoy it. And it's attractional. Better than a track is seeing us walk together. Young people getting up and praying. Jesus used to say, they, want, they didn't want the kids in there. No, we want the kids with the parents. We want the kids in the prayer meetings. Why not? Because they're tomorrow's leaders. We push them out now. They won't come back next week. They won't come back next in 12 years. What am I talking about? It's all hooked together by love. All hooked together by love. And I want to be able to continue to enjoy and experience diversity and the unity of God. And when I do that, I definitely enjoy the body of Christ, man. I have a fun time. Everyone say, you do. I'm living my dream. This is God's dream. Retired once, I'm doing this. I love to see people. God loves people too. He loves all. Here's the thing. We can't look at people the way we would look at them. We got to look at what Christ looks at. So don't ever, in this house, you say, well, that so-and-so is going through, yeah, they're going through something. You'll be next. You better, you better go pray for them. We saw this diversity was the first thing we needed to, to put up first because I saw some things in society about people judge people just by the way they look or they don't make enough money I make, so I can't sit next to you. But you don't, oh, you don't have no idea where they came from. They might be stronger than you are because they've been through more than you have. Let's all stand. Now, if you're a guest this morning, I want to welcome you. This is Generation Sunday. And you know it's bad when a preacher takes off his jacket. You know it's bad when a uh, preacher takes off his jacket. And if you have your cameras now, this is not the time to show them. When we did the first service, we had fun. So we broke some of the shyness off people. This is a song that we love, real love, that you should sense and realize is here. And it's such a song. In fact, I'm getting guys start playing.